Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lorgoifs. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm AE. And I'm Bob. And hi, I'm Taya. Hi, Taya. Hi, Taya. So how'd you end up with this little motley crew? I've mostly been stalking you and just <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we did notice you in the shadows there. Like, just just come out. Just the, come out. It's yeah. great. And the moral of the story is always stalk. And we are at the Seattle gathering. It's late, so we're going to begin. And thank you for recording with us. Oh, and uh, before we begin, though, we want to go ahead and thank our wonderful sponsor, Card Kingdom. Really wonderful shipper and fast, reliable place to buy cards. Uh, you can support us at the link cardkingdom.com slash lorgoifs. You can actually see the, the Card Kingdom castle next to the setting <laughs> sun in the distance. <laughs> we thought it was a medieval times. Turns out it was actually Card Kingdom. It was, indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, we also want to thank our wonderful Patreon patrons. Without you, we would not be able to make this possible. This week we're giving, a, we're sending with haste a Cloud Shredder sliver towards Solomon. Thank you for being our patron. A.E. wrote the well, name, he wrote the flavor text, I, well, he, I cannot, he I wrote gave the, birth to the card itself. <laughs> he did itself. give birth to the card. It was uh, a lot of paper cuts. Wait, this, is A.E. the first sliver? That explains all the extra arms. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this Cloud Shredder sliver is my baby, and they are zipping towards you with the flavor text. Fork tails rustled, talons clicked, a lone sliver streaked overhead like jagged lightning, and the hive thundered. So Whee! thank you so much for being our patron. So just to give you a little a little inside do. view here, we're we're at the the Lorgoif National Wildlife Refuge here in MF Seattle, and we are all MF and tired AF. Well yes, and so with that we will begin with the second chapter of The Gathering Storm, Part 2, by Django Wexler. Guildmaster Gerard and store of the erstwhile sip absinthe in a Golgari palace, chandeliers of fluorescent fungus cast an emerald twilight over the court. Jewelry worn by the swarm's nobility glitters like buried treasure. Lich Lady Storev. Jared beckons at the resplendent skeleton closer to his throne. You and your erstwhile troopers bring a stateliness to death. Why, no respectable Dvarkid elf would be without one of your legion as a retainer. Oh yes, Guildmaster Gerard, you are most wise to trust my newly unearthed army of death and integrate it into every level of your guild. Lich Lady's store of drinks and absinthe drips luxuriantly green down her neck bones to collect in a golden urn within her ribcage. As they say, you can always trust in death. Yes, I can tell instantly about dead people. It's it's a knack. Oh, <laughs> and I've never seen any as fine as you and yours. You are most discerning. Starev strokes her golden claw nails along the bare rib bones of her chest. Her gown of hitch claw recluse silk is rather revealing. Jared leans closer, his voice dropping to a purr. That's what makes me a powerful guildmaster. My understanding of life and death means I'm never surprised. Crashing sound! What's that? Vraska struts into the throne room in her buccaneer britches and lifts her cutlass at Gerard. Surprise, Mother Tress! The hulking troll responsible for breaking the door to the chamber 
tearfully unfolded their hand, revealing a small splinter. Oh, my poor little sparkles. Let Veraska have a look. Now they're there. We're just going to take that right out. And, oh, there we go. Veraska kissed the troll's palm. All better. Now go see Mazurek for a bandage. One with a little heart, because Vraska loves you. Now where oh. was I? Oh, oh. Vraska's tendrils writhed as she turned to face Gerard. You. Vraska the Unseen, Gerard said. If only you had stayed that way. I have no current need for your assassination services. You you can see yourself out the, the broken door over there. More's the pity, because that's exactly why I came. You have rotted the guild with your decadence. Decadence? You say that like it's a bad thing. Admit it. You would wear a gown of precious gold cap mushrooms given the chance. <laughs> no, I never would. No, I definitely haven't ever imagined wearing a cascading gown of starfire fungus, even if it would be dazzling. As I suspected, you plot to overthrow me so you gorgons can be the decadent ones. I see right through you. There's enough to go around. Our rot farms and treasure finders make the Golgari wealthy. All its races will benefit, not just the ones on top when I rule. This discussion is a bit too lively for my tastes and a bit too, what's the word, academic. You haven't the clout to touch me, Miss Wrigley Locks. Oh, I've no intention of touching you. Vraska stomps forward, her eyes flaring with green death. Enough! Story of my Lady Lich, command your troopers to slaughter this ingrate. I intend to. The Lich beckons with her fine bone hands. Erstwhile, troopers march into the royal court and they raise their ancient glaives, not to Vraska's throat, but to the elven courtiers. And everyone who stands with him. What? 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 What is the meaning of this? Surrounded by erstwhile undead, Gerard has no one to protect him. He shields his eyes from Raska and looks down. Hey, my eyes are up here. And so it was that Raska collected the first statue for her new stone fair court. Kaya, ghost slayer extraordinaire, slinks through haunted libraries of dusty gilt leaf tomes and higher up into the towers of the Orzov Bastion. She pauses near a tripwire. Oh, what is the point of a trap if you can't help making it gaudy and ornate? Her legs turn to ephemeral magenta as she strides through the tripwire. Up, up, up she goes on tower stairwells. Whenever a guards block her way, she slips to the outside of the spire for a quick climb. She grips a gargoyle's side and is surprised when it begins to screech. Quiets up quick as she skewers its skull with one of her ghost daggers. Ugh! Yuck! Gargoyles are cathedral rats! Leaping through the wall once again and back inside, Kaya blinks past the locked doors and finds herself in a lavish prison. A woman levers herself up her cane to stand. She wears the eclipsed sun finery of an Orzov oligarch. Tesa Karlov, I'm here to rescue you. 
I don't need a rescuer. Only a friend who doesn't mind getting her hands dirty with ectoplasm. I take it our mutual contact told you to come here? You mean the dragon? If I introduce you to my assistant, Tomek? Hello. My boyfriend works for a dragon. He's a dragon knight of electricity. Beside the point. But I trust him with nearly everything. Tessa leans closer on her ornate cane. Exne on the policy. Right. Then which ghosts do you want to bust? It's not that simple. My dear Uncle Karlov and the other members of the Ghost Council command all the power of Orzov. I must not be implicated in their ultimate demise. And I won't be able to fight my way down to the mausoleum alone. Wait. Wait, one's your uncle? Yes, an Orzov patriarch, meaning he's patronized me for over a hundred years. Ugh, yikes, that's... There's nothing more rude than a relative who refuses to die in a timely fashion. I've decided you may rescue me as long as you're discreet. Oh, perfect. And with that, we're going to go ahead and end Chapter 2 of The Gathering Storm and go straight to our sponsor segment. We will save our discussion for next week. So you're a lich now. Congratulations. But like most liches in pursuit of power, you too have underestimated the side effects of lichdom, or perhaps overlooked them entirely. Sure, you have all the knowledge and power you could dream of, but can you remember the last time the public gave you respect because they didn't think you were just another zombie? Damn right. What about the last time you felt a cool mausoleum draft on your pale skin? How about the time you asked your cult followers to punch you in the face, just so you feel alive again? Do you remember what the last of the heroes you dispatched of said to you? That you were by far the ugliest of villains she'd ever known? Sure, that's enough to make any undead sentient being cry, but that's impossible because liches don't produce tears. Until now! The Lich Cosmeticians at Nevenural and Geth know the boundless power comes at great cost. That's why they've employed thousands of necromancers from across the multiverse to develop products aimed at bringing the tiniest sensation of life back to the dried corpse of a home you've been wearing. Try our Skin Witch Facial. No one will recognize you because you're literally wearing someone else. Experience actual bloodshed with a transfusion of viscous fisquet. Just don't get too close to the candlelight. Don't ask. But do ask your consultant for a free trial of enchanted organs so that you can get a taste of a taste of a taste again. Don't sell yourself short on eternity without the spoils of living. Call Nevenural and Geth for your free consultation today. Results may vary. Wow, I- I'm really glad that, you know, we're opening up so many beauty products to people who really, really need them. Like, Liches. The thing with this cosmetic industry, though, regardless of the effectiveness of our sponsors' products, is they really prey upon the insecurities of others. Yeah, I kind of, you know, maybe next time we should not accept ads like this, because I really do feel that liches should really accept themselves for who they are. But I I do think that liches who want to use this for self-expression, that would be kind of cool, like a mood mark painter. When you want to unlive forever, you do have plenty of opportunity to try on new looks. That's true. So maybe this is a great opportunity to make sure to differentiate yourself, find something new after that last century of, you know, really terrible, terrible eyeliner choices. To me, it really just sounds like lich cosplay at at its best. Hmm, I don't know about that. 
I mean, you can literally become somebody else. It sounds like drag. Same. <laughs> On that note. Bone structure, but. but well, well, AE is basically a lich, right? And That's true. Can, AE, yeah. can you imagine? Found like, out. <laughs> but he's not anyone's basic lich. A, just to be clear. That's <laughs> not right. a basic lich. He's not a basic lich. Never. Snaps. I mean, not you... a tutu. <laughs> not, I'm not a tutu. He's more zombie. like a hill giant. <laughs> three, three. But, but AE, can you imagine, like, after this incredible storyline of these heroes that have been stalking you and you've been foiling at every twist and turn, you, you finally you just dispatch the last one, and with her dying breath, she says that you are by far the ugliest thing that she has <laughs> ever laid eyes on. I mean, liches might be cold and dead inside, but that's got to hit you in the feels, right? I'll just no. I just shake my hips and say, "These hip bones don't lie, baby." Bam! <laughs> crack. And we go and then crack, one, crack. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crack. One falls off. It's fine. Call Nevinerals and guess for your new. Hip I do not have skeletal dysmorphia. <laughs> I am very satisfied with the way my bones look. So, w- speaking of of bones, actually nothing to do with bones. <laughs> Let's let's head to the Gathering Storm, Chapter Three. Take it away. Raoul walked toward New Prov, the seat of the Azorius Senate, which was easily recognizable given its blue and white marble towers, constant barrage of new laws being projected in the sky, and a line of petitioners outside that is longer than an Apple Store after a new iPhone release. An Azorius arrestor walked by carrying a basket of fresh-baked blini cakes. Wait there, Ral said, snatching one of the cakes. It must be against some regulation for you stiff lawpants to eat these while on duty. Yes, but I'm merely transporting them. Hey, hey, you're eating my cake! Throwing accusations around, Azorius is getting paranoid. Mmm, yum, this is good. That's stealing! I understand your guild is running scared, but that's no reason to get snippy. Ral swallowed the last of the cake and wiped his beard on the arrestor's azure tunic. Ral strutted off, leaving the arrestor mumbling. Blasted self-important, is it? I hope his lab gets infested with pack rats. The is it representative cut himself to the front of the line and addressed a frazzled Vidalcan handling the ever-growing queue. Ral flashed his most Dazzling smile. Yo, I'm Ral. I need to see Asperia. Who do you think you are? Get in line, loser, or I'll charge you with 50 counts of line skipping and being illegally charming. Uh, do you not know who I am? Ral Zarek, the Z-Man himself, Daddy Electricity, basically the acting, is it Guildmaster? Acting. Rules are rules. Wait, you must know the is it Guildmaster, Niv? Mizzet, the big red and blue dragon who makes big sparkly boom-booms? Rao flourished his fingers to mime an explosion. <laughs> the irate Vidalcan opened her mouth again, but was pulled aside by another Azorius enforcer. After a hurried conversation, the Vidalcan blushed purple. Oh, um, right this way, Mr. Zarek. That's daddy electricity to you, finger guns. Inside Nuprov, tiny homunculi carried greater than their body volume and paperwork. The sight of Rao's bright colors caused their singular eyes to turn. Two homunculi stumbled into each other with a fountain of affidavits. After an hour of confusing turns through the labyrinthian Azorius Chancery, Rao was ushered into a conference room full of hubbub. Azorius politicians were in a deep shouting match with some Boros representatives. Why are you yelling at us? 
A stoic Azorius senator boomed. Get out there and enforce the laws. How can we enforce the laws when you keep changing them all the time? We can't keep up. I only got two horns. Well, it looks like you only have one and a half horns. The law is the law. But the law is not always justice. Aurelia flew in, brushing back her gorgeous auburn Chrisron painted locks. And we are always on the side of justice. Hello, Ralph. Ralph smiled at Aurelia. Looks like I interrupted quite the party. Yes, it's a miracle we haven't wrecked the place. A door opened on the other side of the room, and a slim Videlkin appeared. This barrier is ready for you now, he said quietly. Esteemable Guildmaster Aurelia, be careful not to move your wings. No sudden movements. A spirit can be quite the swatter. Aurelia and Ral catwalked into Esperius's spacious chambers and stood before the enormous blue sphinx. Deep indigo eyes carefully examined each of the models standing before her. Oh, do come in, Esperius said. Please meet my exceedingly trustworthy, loyal, and indubitably boring second, Dovin Bon. So what do I owe you the pleasure? We have news that a dragon from another city, a uh, plane, is, is coming to take over Ravnica. Oh, Ral said. Oh. Aurelia flipped her hair again, catching the scant fall light in its ruddy glow. <sighs> One dragon is like any other. The Boros can take him. The Boros is formidable, that is for sure. But this dragon is devious. He already has the Demir on his side, and who knows what else he may have up his sleeve. Uh, Sleeve? The dragons don't wear clothing. Esperia interjected. And if they did, they would surely be wearing tunics. Oh! Oh! Oh, I like that one. Write that one down, Bon. I want to use that for my birthday speech. Right away, Supreme Judge. Dovin Bon pulled the fountain pen out of his robes and recorded the punchline. Yet, nobody laughed. It's just, I, uh, mm, well, um. Raul gulped. Well, Niv-Mizzet wishes the guilds to help us by helping him become a force powerful enough to face Nicol Bolas. He wishes to become the new guild pact, and, equally important, I will succeed him as guildmaster. Oh, is that so? This Sphinx said, examining the claws on her paw sarcastically. Completely unlike a dragon to seek the most powerful office on the plane. Oh, 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 I did it again! Bon, write that one down as well. You're on a roll, Supreme Judge. Bon obliged. The chamber was silent again, but the Minotaur's heavy breathing could be heard in a room over. One small problem, though. There is a, currently a guild pact. You wouldn't have noticed, though. He's never around. Ugh, Jace, 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 why's it always gotta be about that empty cloak? He might as well be dead for all we know. Jace has been a terrible guild pact. Aurelia sniffed. Mm, Plus he always skips leg day. Well, I think it would be a good idea to help, Isperia said. But you must gain the help of the other guilds. Ah, I have it. We shall have a guild summit, and it shall coincide with my birthday party. Perhaps then everyone will come for a change. 
Oh, Ralph, before you leave, uh, I've been thinking of getting a sculpture of my likeness for my birthday. Could you tell me how you think I should pose? Uh, <clears throat> uh, Ralph touched his upper lip with his finger. Any pose should do the trick. You look fabulous in granite. Ralph saluted and walked away to find something more to eat. Bellini cakes never stuck with you. As he sauntered through the markets, fairies flittered overhead, trailing ribbons of power. He was peering at some scaly street meat when he felt a tap on his boot. Oi, sir! A small elf girl grinned up at him. I got someone who wants to see you. Sit down on that bench over there and she'll come by. Raoul raised his eyebrow, wondering who on Grix's fling would have the audacity to send a small elf girl to get his attention. The girl disappeared in the crowd. He shrugged and sat down at the bench. Looks like you know Bolus is also afoot. A voice said from behind him. Don't turn around. Lavinia? Raoul asked. I I thought you'd left the Azorius. I did, Lavinia replied. Turned out I found something upper management didn't want me to know. Started pulling on a thread that led to a network of agents spread throughout the 10th district. I think they work for a certain Nikki B. And you're telling me this because... You're too trusting. You think this is going to be easy. There are ears and eyes everywhere, Ral, and they don't necessarily belong to the Demir. Best be careful. Ha! I didn't get to the top of the Izzet Guild by being careful, but by being brilliant. Right. I'll come back tomorrow with more news. Ral turned around to find an empty bench. Sighing, he went off and ordered two curries, just as the skies opened up to let rain fall upon the city. Dashing home through the shower, he finally got to the well-hidden apartment he shared with Tomek. Seeing outside, the advocate looked up at Rao and tried to clean the water from his glasses. Took you long enough, Tomek said with a smile. You smell a veracino. Please tell me there's some curry for me. Always, Rao smiled and kissed his partner. Let's eat some dinner. Afterwards, Rao lay in bed with Tomek, curled up like a contented cat next to him. Staring into the darkness... Ral remembered his first time meeting Nicole Bolas, only 17 and a rain mage. Ral recalled being beaten up after sprinkling an aristocrat's lawn, sitting by a wall outside the garden with a broken nose, disgraced. He looked up to see a figure standing over him. Well, that was unfortunate, the strange man said. Here, let me heal that. Don't. Ral pushed the man's hand away. I don't want to owe you. Come now. I think we both have something in common. The man crouched down and looked at Rao. We both are interesting, talented, handsome individuals who hate the current people in power. Namely, people like those two idiots who broke your nose. How's about we work together? Rao eyed the man warily, who smiled, revealing pointy teeth. All right. Rao said. What's your name? The man pinched Rao's nose, reshaped it, and then held onto it to pull him close. My name is Nicol Bolas. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Dragon got your nose. Dragon got, <laughs> got your nose. <laughs> got your nose. <laughs> you thought I was going to repair it, but it's mine now, sucker. <laughs> oh, God, I don't have a nose.
Nicholas Woodstone. Okay. We need to sleep for the tournaments tomorrow. So we're going to wish you a good night and uh, happy Vorthos reading to you. Yes. Also, thank you again to Card Kingdom for always being there for us and our patrons over at Patreon and to Taya, who was a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for having me. With that, this has been another episode of The Lore Glyphs, a little truncated this time, but we'll see you next time. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm A.E. I'm Taya. And nobody puts me in the box. And with that, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I am the law. The yeah. law is the law. No, it's, it's no, the, no, the law. Says the senator that. says oh, the, the law is the law. Oh man, I wanted it to be like Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need the script. Oh, crap. Uh oh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, here. Oh, crap. Uh, uh, Justin, could you? Justin, yeah. can you? All right. Uh, the Dawkins at the top. Oh, no, no. Go back up. There we go. Hey. All right. Hey. Hey. It must be against some regulation for you to stiff law pants for. Oh, God. Okay, let me do that again. Ooh, stiff law pants. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds naughty. Oh. Well, you got to keep the you gotta keep those necromantic spells fueled somehow. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, that's why I just put it in order for at least three triplets the other day. Although it seemed... Triplets three tend sets, to come in three. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Three sets of triplets. A, I will have you know. Wow. That's a bit I'm just much. saying. Hey, 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 hey. My skin doesn't look like this on that side. <laughs> Sunscreen can only do so much. I did notice your eyelashes were looking especially long today. Oh, thank yeah. you. That that's thanks. Whose were they? But do ask your consultant for a free trial of. In-
Bob, Bob, what's with you and the free child? <laughs> <laughs> if it helps, <laughs> who are we to judge? It believes that all children should be free and unbound by their leashes so that you can taste the taste of taste again.